Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Steve Keller. Today, Steve Keller is going to do something that Steve Keller rarely does, all right? And, and I'll tell you why at the end I rarely do it, because I know some of y'all don't like it. Um, today, I'm preaching about government and politics, okay? Um, and, and listen, here's, here's why I'm doing it. Because that's where we are in the book of Romans. This is Romans chapter 13. So, Lord, could you put it together any better than that? I, it's just, it's wonderful. So today, I'm going to say a whole lot to you about government and about politics. I am acutely aware that there is a whole lot of political sensitivity. There's a lot of reactiveness. And so today, I just want you to know you're in a good place because I am not going to honor party lines today. I am taking party lines, okay? I'm just telling you right now, political parties, and I'm pushing them both aside, all right? And so today, what we're going to do, I noticed the applause was lower on that. Today, instead, what I'm going to do to the very best of my ability is to present Romans 13 to you. We're going to take a look at the heart of God and the Word of God when it comes to authorities over us, and I'm going to do my very best to precisely present what Paul lays out to us um, about government and politics. So hang in there, okay? It's going to be challenging. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be a blessing. We're going to just lay out a biblical path, and I'm going to start in a very gentle way and ask a question, okay? So here's the question. The question is, holy cow, what in the world is going on in our nation with politics lately? Accusations, name-calling, finger-pointing, huge party bias, grandstanding, congressional committees, spin-doctoring, Twitter posts, Facebook feeds, anxiety, fear, and hatred on both sides of the aisle? Oh my goodness, folks, it has been, okay, to borrow from the Lego movie, it has been a political cloud cuckoo land lately, (laughs) politically in this nation. But listen, we just finished Romans chapter 12. Paul says this to us in Romans chapter 12. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And what Paul is telling us is certainly true, folks, spiritually, life, family, the faith, but it does apply politically, that we are not to adopt the same attitudes, the same actions, the the, the same storylines that the world does. And, And I say that to us as an encouragement, because when you look at the church across the United States of America, the political mood is not a whole lot better in the church than it is in the world. In other words, here's what I'm telling you. A whole lot of Christians have got infected with the political flu, you know? We're showing a lot of the same symptoms that we see out there in society. And, and I find this, it's comical, but it's really not funny. I've noticed that a lot of people even right now who are calling for respect and are calling for honor for this president and this administration were some of the very same people that were ripping the last one. That's not a good situation, okay? And, and so I, I've got good, good news for you today. Dr. Paul has got a prescription for us today. He's got a solution. And it's in Romans chapter 13, just a beautiful treatise on, on, on living as a Christian under government. So again, Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. If you'll remember, that verse ends with, instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's a purpose behind it. The purpose is that so then after doing that, not conforming but being transformed, 
we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect and pleasing will. So, many of you, I want to ask you to raise your hands if this is true. Who had a civics class in middle school or high school? Okay, yeah, a lot of us. Okay, well, guess what? Uh, we're going to start it back up again. Paul is going to give us a spiritual civics lesson this morning. And what he's going to tell us today are two things. Number one, how we are to view the government over us, the authorities, all those offices and all those public officials. And Paul is also going to tell us how to view ourselves as American Christian citizens and how to live. Does that sound good? All right, let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you. Lord, I, I thank you so much that, Father, you, you give us everything we need for life and faith. And I just love that even in the prophetic heart of God, you knew that we are really going to need this teaching right about now. So, Father, we thank you for Romans chapter 13. And, God, we just ask you to give us grace that, Lord, we would step out of the mess and the melee, Lord, that, that we would get out of, of the chaos and the franticness of politics, and Lord, we would get into the glorious boundary lines of your word. That, Lord, you would put us as, as your Christian people on that road less traveled right now, which is the way of peace and life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. Amen. So here we go. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Like to hear it, because here it go. Paul speaking to us. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Okay, before we dig in, right on the surface, okay, just, just off an initial reading, let me ask you about Paul's content and Paul's tone. Um, in other words, I'm asking you, uh, what does Paul sound like as, as he reads this passage? Um, do you hear any sense of dismay and doom and gloom in Paul's voice? Um, do, do you see Paul running around like Chicken Little in these first seven verses screaming that the sky is just about to fall? Do you hear Paul calling Christians, calling the church of his day to grab pitchforks and to get torches? No. You know Why? Because it's not there. What is here? Two incredible lessons about government and about life. And then a few really good things for us to think about, which I promise you we're going to do this morning. So here's what Paul does. First off, Paul starts talking to us about government, okay? Paul is going to tell us about the role of government 
And, and he starts off essentially saying, look, just as, and I know this will be a stretch for some, but just as God made the world we live in, God established the authorities that rule this world. So what that means very practically is that offices like president, governor, mayor, or if we lived in England, uh, king, well, not the king anymore, didn't really have a lot of authority or the queen, but, you know, uh, parliament, parliament, uh, members of, of parliament, the prime minister, all of those have God's backing because God ordained it. So the offices themselves, in a very real sense, they are sacred. God instituted them, and those in public office, they are God's servants. Now, I know right here we could stop And we could have a little reaction time if we wanted to. We could say, well, you know what? I don't line up with that one politically. Uh, Or, you know what? I I didn't vote for that other one, and he shouldn't even be there. Or, you know, that little crew in the middle, uh, they're not advocates for the church or the things of God. Well, maybe or maybe not, but folks, once they're in, once they're in, they are God's servants according to the word of God. Of God. Now, after that bombshell, Paul goes on to teach us exactly why they're there. And he says, look, governing authorities, they've got some responsibilities when it comes to servants. And he lays out their, their two primary responsibilities in verse 4. Uh, One in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. So, Right off the bat here in in verse 4, we run into these two primary tasks that those in authority have over us. Now, the first one is a very positive role, responsibility that they have. They are here, Paul says, for our good. They are God's servants here for our good, and that's part of what we see out of lawmakers and officials. Uh, Things like they are here to create laws that benefit the people. They are here to institute programs that help those who need it. But they're also here as a a matter of public peace, and they put protective laws in place that that keep us uh, safe. They also, though, are to encourage and call out right behavior on behalf of the citizens. If if you notice, uh, the, the government officials from time to time, they will foster they will encourage and they will celebrate great public service on, on the parts of, of people who step up. So in short, they're here to promote the economic, uh, the social, the cultural, and the physical welfare of society. That is the positive side of those who are God's servants that he has put in place. But then there's the punitive side of their job, and again, this really involves public safety and public peace. Authorities are in place to punish those who do wrong to ensure a peaceful society. They bear the sword, and that is the right to deal with societal sins and those who break laws. Now, you may wonder, okay, well, well, Paul, some of this is kind of obvious. I think most people could have figured this out on their own. Why in the world did you tell us what government officials are doing? I really believe that Paul told us all of this to humble us when it comes to those who are over us. Um, I'll tell you a little story about humility. Years ago, the Lord humbled me very greatly in this area. It's probably still going on. Uh, Some of y'all know me well, but the Lord really humbled me in uh, in relationship to our governmental leaders. Years ago, 
I was very quick to criticize those above us. And so I would sound off uh, about this president or that president. You know, I'd talk about how inept this Congress was or, you know, this this group of senators. I'd just tee off. And, And then God, in his sovereign wisdom, put me in leadership. And oh my gosh, did I get humbled in connection with authority. Folks, God put me in leadership, and what I realized was, what have I been doing all these years? I I, I have been criticizing others when I never, for one second, had the responsibility of leading anybody anywhere. Real easy to criticize when you're not a leader. Uh, I also realized that I had never dealt with the pressure of making decisions that affect a whole big group of people before. And and the other thing, this is the one that really got me. The Holy Spirit said this to me. Stephen, it's real easy to to, to go ahead and make a decision when you don't have a quarter of the facts that these folks have to consider when they make these monumentous decisions. So when I got into leadership, I realized, my goodness, leadership is just hard, hard work. You know, it's, it's sometimes appreciated, But boy, most of the time, it's a whole lot of criticism and blame. In fact, this is the the, the picture I got, that that when you lead at that level, it's like driving a school bus full of angry backseat drivers. I'm just saying, that's got to be what it's like for for our leaders. And then when we reach back and we look at what we just looked at in verse 4 and 5, that these are God's servants, it really ought to make us stop. It ought to make us as the church of Jesus Christ pause before, you know, we launch out in Twitter and Facebook and, you know, just all this other stuff and say this or that. And, and we just got to remember that, you know, these are God's servants. To speak against them is to speak against the Lord. And look, as God's servants, there's a bottom line for every authority and every ruler. And it is that one day they will have to stand before God. And we're not him. So, I mean, it's just we, we, we hold on to that. And so we've got to kind of take a step back and take a look at the Word of God, but also take a look at ourselves, which, by the way, Paul does next. He talks to us about our role as citizens, and it's very complicated, okay? This is very, very difficult. So I'm praying, I'm just, Father, pour out wisdom on the congregation for this next just very complex thing. It is this, when it comes to being citizens in the United States of America, according to the Word of God, you and I are to be beautiful drum roll, the very best citizens out there. The Christian is to be the best citizen anybody ever encountered. And that's why Paul speaks to us and he says, look, don't rebel. Instead, work for peace. And really what Paul does here, especially in verses 5 and 6, is is he just gives us two primary responsibilities, which are really the same thing. Let me read this to you. Verses 5 and 6, submit to the authorities God has set in place, I'll add, whether or not you voted for them. But then Paul defines submission for the Christian. And it's very simple. Submission for us means, number one, submitting to the letter of the law, and number two, submitting to the spirit of the law. And the letter of the law is very simply laid out here. Just obey the law. Obey the law. Stay within the confines of the law. Do right. Meet our lawful obligations like pay your taxes. 
But then he gets into the, the, the submission uh, to the spirit of the law, keeping the spirit of the law, and Paul really hangs out here pretty much for the end of the chapter. Submission to Paul is also keeping the spirit of the law, and he starts off by saying, look, keeping the spirit of the law, first of all, for the Christian is to show respect and it is to show honor to everyone in power. Can't miss it. And then I believe, as he goes into verse 8 for the rest of the chapter, Paul is being very prophetic with us here. I mean, you know, maybe Paul foresees the rise of Facebook and talk shows, but he really drills down on keeping the spirit of the law, and he says this in verse, uh, in verse 8. He says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So what Paul is saying is, look, we just, just take president for a minute. That means that every single president, right, from Donald Trump all the way back to George Washington, every one of those guys are our neighbor. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Love speaks no harm against its neighbor. I, I know. I didn't expect to get an amen on that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a real sobering, yeah, that's a real sobering concept, but it's, it's very clear. And then, as if we didn't get it, Paul goes a little bit further to, in these last few verses, and he says basically the same thing, but now he ushers a warning. And his warning is, look, Christians... Just as in regard to faith in your daily life and in your family, so it is politically. Christians, politically, keep your heads about you. Understand the times you live in. Time is short. This world is winding down. Eternity is about to start. So live like it. Put on the armor of light. Behave decently. Clothe yourselves with Jesus. Stop yielding to every temptation to disobey, to indulge the flesh, to live for yourselves. Politically right now, resist the temptation to get angry, to be afraid, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this one, or put your head in the sand. Don't do any of those. I really believe that's the call here. Now, that is the teaching, all right? It's pretty clear, pretty straightforward, but we're still left with a couple of really good questions that are not answered so much by Paul as they are by the greater context of, of Scripture. So here's one of the really big questions that we have at the end of Romans 13. It is this, but what about if the authority is not a Christian? Or in other words, they're not concerned with goodness or godliness. That's a good question, isn't it? The answer is simple. Romans 13 Stay within the boundary lines that God has given us. Be a good citizen. Vote, pray, serve the community, bless the community, be the change you want to see. And listen, sometimes we have to speak out. You know, sometimes the church does have to speak out. In fact, I still think the church needs to find his voice a little bit. But when we need to speak out, we speak out truthfully in a way that holds respect, honor, and love. So that's the first question. The second one is a little tougher. But what if the authority is anti-God? What if the authority is a destructive force that tears apart at the church and rips apart at the things of God? What do we do then? First of all, we remember 
the times that the Apostle Paul was living in. Do you remember who was in power? Title of the book really gives it away. Who is in power when Paul wrote the book of Romans? Rome, the Romans, exactly. This is the very same Rome that crucified Christians. This is the same Rome that put Christians in front of lions and put them in front of gladiators. So what do we do then? Well, we do two things, okay? It's a little bit differently. Number one, we still hold on to what we learned in Romans 13. We pay our taxes. We're good citizens. We vote. We show respect. We serve. We give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. We, we, we give to God what belongs to God. We do all of that knowing that a time may come when we may not be able to submit any further. And I know what some of you are thinking, you're going, oh my gosh, he did not just say it. Well, first of all, Paul just said submit, and you just said there's a time when we may not submit any longer. Look at Paul, look at Romans 13. Paul does not say submit in every single thing, no matter what it is. Even if it goes against the word, Paul does not say that. So what do we do? Well, and by the way, I'm talking about Christian civil disobedience, okay? If and when that time ever comes, we are to take our stand in truth, in love, and we are to respectfully defy. We defy taking and maintaining the standards that God has laid out for Christians. We never break with our love for God and our love for our fellow man. We defy maintaining our, our respect, our honor for authority. And, and I know you may hear me say that and go, well, Steve, that sounds impossible. I mean, brother, you talk about a tightrope. Nobody can walk that tightrope. Oh, sure they can. I'll give you some examples. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, the Hebrew midwives who would not uh, slaughter the innocent Hebrew babies. Folks, all of these folks served godless, under godless leaders, they took their stand and they glorified God. Now, in the meantime, though, what do we do? Because that's a day I pray we never see. But this is why we pray for our nation and its leaders. This is why prayer is such a big deal. This is also why we serve. This is why we have a voice as the church. I mean, I, I served one time in a town where before the mayor would make a decision, okay, th there was a church so burning and so bright and so involved and such a blessing, before the mayor would make a really big, maybe critical decision, he would go and talk to the pastor of the church first before he'd make the decision. We can have that kind of an impact in blessing our community and really making a difference. This is also why we vote. This is also why we are the best citizens out there. And I'll say this one, I may step on a toe or two, but this is why we are Christians first and political party members second. And that is a very, it's a very, very, Folks, it is a very, very important distinction. You know, you've talked about me before, you know, Presbyterian, right? Well, as I've talked about before, you know, you can get so Presbyterian that you're more Presbyterian than you are Christian. Well, that can happen too politically where, you know, you become more political than you are a Christian. And, and that statement, actually, that there's your explanation for those of you who have wondered, well, Steve, you know, why don't you preach more about politics, Steve? Why don't you talk more about, uh, you know, just 
bring people in and, and stuff. That's why I don't drag politics front and center at KPC, because we are not called. We are called to be responsible, right? We are called to be involved. We are called to be great citizens, but we are not called to politicize the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, politics matter. They're important, but the reason we do this is because politics cannot and never will save anybody. They won't, you know? They really won't. Uh, Look at Jesus, who, by the way, is the one who alone saves. Jesus Christ did not bring the kingdom of God through political venue, did he? He brought it through service, through sacrifice. That's how he brought salvation. Instead of politicizing the gospel, Jesus calls us to do the other. He calls us to gospelize politics, right? He calls us to gospelize society. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be all about. And by the way, that's why we as a church are really launching into outreach. You know, we've been talking about outreach so much. I know some folks are thinking, you know, Steve, could we talk about something else? No, not right now for a little while. We're talking a lot about outreach. Why? Well, we're talking about outreach because we want to influence our society for Jesus Christ. And and so we're bringing up a lot of different outreach opportunities for the church to step into the community and be a shining light, to make a difference. And so uh, last week we talked about Ghana, um, outreach opportunities with this mission thing that's way over there. Well, for the next three weeks, we're talking about local outreach. So this is us stepping right out into our world to love and serve in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the KPC podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.